an AppleVis original. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome to AppleViz Unleashed for February 2024. My name is Thomas Domba, also known as Anonymous. I'm here with the gang once again to bring you the Apple news to you and of our thoughts and rumors, of course. And here along with me from Southern California is Mr. John Gassman. How are you, John? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, pretty well. It's... um. Spring is starting to try to rear his head up here, which is absolutely fantastic. I love spring weather, but it's going up and down and all across. Just your typical season changes, of course. Well, we got spring training baseball underway already, so you know spring is on the way. Right? I love I can't wait. And we're going to be talking about the new Apple Sports app later on this, this uh, podcast I know that John's been wanting to talk about it, and I dabbed in it, so we'll be talking about that soon. And then on my other side of me here is Mr. Mike Malarcy. As always, it's good to have you on as well. It's good to be here. Happy we February. Had, our, our weather's been kind of warm, but then randomly yesterday for about half an hour, bunch of snow, but none of it stuck, and now it's getting back up into the 50s again. It's lovely. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, we're getting to 80 today, and Whoa. tonight is supposed to snow. Yikes. <laughs> 80. Yeah. It got crazy. 78 past two days, 80 today, and then we'll be 22 tonight. Out there working on your tan. Right. I, you know, speaking of working on my tan, I went to Disney World right after our podcast in January and head over there with my wife and I, thinking that Florida would be nice and toasty and warm to only learn that it was cold. I was like stunned. I have been to Florida in January before, and it's been cool, but not this cool. It was in the 50s, um, if not low 60s on the best days. And so I thought, well, dang, I couldn't even get into the pool, for God's sakes. But it didn't make going around the park nice. I didn't sweat like I usually do. Or um, as I phrase, it during the summer in Florida, it's terrible weather. I, I always tell everybody, do the Superman pose, meaning that you put your superman arms you put your hands on your hips and spread out and let the wind just kind of flow because it's so freaking hot <laughs> yeah i was stationed down there through a summer and it was i left like halfway into fall and it was just getting nice then without florida in the summer is not my favorite place in the world <laughs> yeah so you relate to my superman pose then yep yep um you know, I just saw this the other day, guys. It's not really on our topic, but I thought this was interesting. Did you guys see this? The Apple says, do not, do not put your phone in a bag of rice if you got your phone wet or doused yeah, in. Yeah, I saw that. Crazy. That, that's an urban legend that has existed for many a year from other other people, so... Right? So, I, you know, I've always heard people say, yeah, put it in a bag of rice. And, you know, I have never had experience where I had to dry my phone like that, but people swear about it. But apparently Apple says what happens if you do that, all the residues, dust, and broken pieces of the rice will get into your little lightning port area and get clogged up and jammed it up so it does things worse 
than to not use it at all. You know, the weird part it says in that note, it says, just let it dry out. Just put it in, in a nice um, ventilated area and just leave it there. I was like, wow, okay. Hmm. That's what I thought people did, to be honest. I hadn't forgotten about the rice thing until I saw that article pop up. Right? Um, yeah, I would think the first thing you would do is just take a towel, just kind of dry down as much as you can and just get a fan out and just let it fan out as much as you can. And, and that's what it says to do. Leave it on a fan for a couple hours and then come back to it and make sure it still works. If it doesn't, fan it out for a little longer. And it just depends on the humidity, of course. The drier your air, the better it is. But nonetheless, the point was, do not use rice. So rice, rice, baby, is gone. <laughs> hey, I have a quickie question for you, and maybe other people have had this problem. I have on my my iPhone 14, I have an OtterBox, and the covering to the lightning area is getting loose after a year's worth of connecting and disconnecting. And mm-hmm. I wonder if anybody's got a a plan for, I, I don't want it to come off because then it doesn't protect it. But has anybody come up with a way of, of uh, keeping it in contact with the OtterBox? Unfortunately, I have had other third party that has done similar things. So, um, these are boxes, folks, or cases that has where you slide your phone into its own little lightning port. So it's not an open area like some of the cases are where you can just put your lightning port right in there into and it goes directly into your phone. But these are like interface between the lightning to the real lightning port, if that makes sense. And my case, I have not had any success with it. If once a start to get loose and start loose connectivity and doesn't uh, charge anymore i just got to throw the case away and get a new one yeah they're about 50 bucks a piece so they aren't cheap <laughs> i know they're not cheap um but that's no i wish i had an easy solution for you but i've i've come across that several problems myself and it just frustrates me because i just spent that much money on something and i have to throw it away yeah, well, that's, hopefully mine will mine will stay on for a while uh, longer. So right. Have you heard about that, Mike? Or have you had any issues like that before? Or do you have an open face where it just slides into the original? I do. Mine doesn't. My lighting port is not protected in any way, shape, or form. The case that I have is just open. But I have had an otter ba- otter box. It's been lord at this point seven or eight years. Right. But that same thing. But that one converted the lighting to. My- micro usb back when that was a little more popular Uh, which was handy for me because like my headphones for my computer used that a lot of other things that used it but same thing it was maybe a year and a half and it just kind of stopped to plug it in it just wouldn't work well my bad case i've replaced it it is expensive and you can get generic version of those but my battery case is kind of like similar to um john's case it's separated so you got your own usb c um, port I gotta plug into and so yeah unfortunately that just happens and they do have OtterBox uh, competitors that are identical to OtterBox and they feel exactly like OtterBox for half the price if not cheaper and it works really well um, just something to think about if you get to the point where you just need something just to get by a few months just get a cheap one they got them for less than 20 bucks but um, 
Well, this is a big month, guys. A couple big, big, big news came out this month. And one of those, at last, the Apple Vision Pro has been released to the public here in the States anyway. And hopefully it'll be coming to other countries. And slowly but surely, we've been getting a few trickles here and there. Uh, those that are visually impaired or blind that have had the chance to get their hands on one and see what they thought of their experience with it so i left three links in the show notes for you to kind of just read along if you're interested of those reviews and one of those is an apple viz user he posted on to apple viz of his experience he went to the store and got to do the hands-on demonstration and then we have shelly brisbane um we all know shelly brisbane from the parallel she did the same thing she got to go to a apple store for a 30 minute demonstration as well the difference between the two is shelly has some vision so we got to hear a little bit about her low vision experience where the other one was more um a blind perspective and then lastly was a real good one and i highly recommend it to everybody there is a podcast on youtube called the blind life that guy is fantastic he talks about just about everything underneath the sun he actually bought the apple pro vision and got to play with it and got to do hands-on what in terms of accessibility you can expect when you use the device it's very well done and i can't wait for other future segments to see what he decide to use with it now i think he has some vision um, but does use voice over with it now I think Apple did a tremendous great job in terms of accessibility for the Vision Pro. There's no doubt about it that they did um, I did keep in mind for voiceover users, low vision and things like that. However, once I've read all through the different links and got some inputs from other people, I don't know. Um, one. Apple kind of touts and tend to remind us this is only for indoor use. I get it. I get that because it's, it's not waterproof. It's not anything. And not only that, it's not exactly small. I heard it's very heavy and it feels like your, your front of your face is kind of leaning forward a little bit. And some people report of neck strain because uh, of the weight in the front. But some people say it fits great and it, they could work on it for hours. But in the end, I am curious what you two think of what you have read and your thoughts after you've given some thinking in the past month about the Apple Vision Pro. For me, I just, I, as much as I want to, I just can't see any use for this at all. If I have to use this indoor only, it's for one person, I just can't get my head wrapped around it why this would be beneficial at all other than entertainment for those that are blind. Yeah. And, and $3,500 is a very expensive yeah. learning curve. Yes. That's a lot for a toy to just kind of mm -hmm. tinker with for me. And after reading these articles and listening to that YouTube video, it's just kind of made me certain that I'm not getting one. The one thing I think is positive is that the gentleman from The Blind's Life Forgive me, I, I don't remember your name. I think it was Scott or Sam. It was um, Sam. I think Sam. Sam. Yes. Sam and Shelly has some vision. And to me, that could work for them. 
because they're actually be able to do things and see things. And what's disorienting about it, I didn't realize that there's spatial audio for voiceover. I was like, what? Yeah. So you can hear things on your left. So things are like placed in the left side. And so the sound is coming from the left or if it's to the right or it's to the front of you. And I thought, oh my gosh, that would really throw me off. Um, sound- and I'll tell you, and, and even and even if you're navigating the screen, the things that are on the left-hand side you hear in your left ear and the things that are on the right-hand side of your screen in terms of apps or icons you hear in your right ear. And that's, you know, that's kind of an interesting idea and it would pro- probably take a little bit of time to get used to. But that's, that's kind of nice. I mean, there's... It can be. I'm thinking there are a handful of people I know immediately that could not or want, they want to use Soundscape, for example, but they couldn't because it's in 3D. And so, because they have, they're deaf in one ear or one, mm. that reason. And I'm thinking, well, like, be and have a bunch of kids so you tend to keep only one headphone in so you can <laughs> try to do two things at once i think <laughs> i heard you can turn it to mono which is not a problem so you've that disoriented with there's just really a lot of little things like um if you are unable to use use one of your eyes you can select i want the right eye to be selected two things on the screen in case you um are not able to use a left or vice versa right and there's just lots of little things that that are in there that makes accessibility or disability pretty awesome experience that you can use it but i don't know um now i mentioned this before and the camera is not open so for people that don't know meaning that we cannot put ira or be my eyes because we are not able to access the camera so thus we are limited in what we could do. And I'm thinking to myself, all the things I love to do, listen to books, uh, watch some shows, and read news. I'm not going to do that on the on the Vision Pro. Uh, that, that, and I, you guys, what did you think of the um, finger gestures? I think it's really complicated, and I think there's going to be a learning curve. <laughs> definitely. Oh, yeah, because it's completely different than what we're all used to with an iPhone. So. Oh, it's confusing. It's like... Your right index finger needs to be out. Your third ring on your left finger needs to be pinched with your thumb. Same time. I was like, oh, God. I don't think I will be able to memorize all those maneuvers. It does seem like the learning curve is is pretty steep. And I have this weird kind of habit of mind. Like when I'm watching a TV show or something, I just tap my fingers kind of like that just while I'm not even thinking about it. Right. From my index to my binky back tap with my thumbs just going back and forth, back and forth all the time. And if I were to put this on and put on a movie, I'm going to end up pushing all kinds of buttons on accident. That's just from not paying attention. Isn't that what Shelly was experiencing? She was doing performing gestures by accident. And so things were being opened and thrown into things by accident. So she was getting kind of frustrated that things were being triggered and thrown things where she didn't want to be. I suppose you could talk to your wife, though, with those gestures. You know, if you didn't feel like talking to her, you just, you know, pinch the <laughs> finger from third finger to the thumb, and, you know, she responds back, and hey, you have a nice little conversation while the movie's on. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's. So this all brings up the discussion of, okay, if this doesn't work for us, what else is available? And I tell you, Ever since this rolled out and that 
post was up and people started trickling because you know myself and the Applevis team we <laughs> none of us got that kind of moolah and we don't get any demo uh products i wish i did or we did so we would do it but nonetheless it's great to see people posting but it spurred a giant wildfire on this subject and so we got all sorts of things start to pile in we started getting envision versus the celeste versus the uh ray-ban meta and i was thinking wow it's great to have options out there and people are trying to explore what's good for them and what's not and um i know i think you have the envision glasses do you not john yes i do what do you think of those i like them a lot here's um, my problem and i'm curious is it worth the price you pay for it what instance um what i've tried to say if i'm going to spend that much money i got to be using it all the time is it something that you wear all the time when you're inside no, not all the time. But but for me, the hands-free is the biggest thing. I mean, I can do a, some of the stuff on the app, but most of the AI stuff is coming to the glasses first, and then eventually it does come to the app. Uh, so, it you know, it's it's not for everybody, but I like it. And, and, and for me, it, it allows me to move around when I'm outdoors, mobily. Uh, so... How the other glasses compare, I don't know. I've never used the other glasses, but um, do you but have I see where the uh, maps on there? Is it GPS awareness? No, they that's the one thing they can't do with the Google Glasses is they can't put right now at least they can't put GPS on there, and I know that's on their drawing board to to try and change, but at the moment they're not able to do that. But yeah, I see where the the Envision app has just come to the blind shell, or will as of uh, February twenty nine. So that's right. That's good. The problem with Envision is for the basic models is twenty five, twenty seven hundred bucks, and then the pro models is about thirty five hundred bucks. So you're talking some pretty steep price. That yeah, you are. But a lot of complaints and a lot of people say about Envision that you own those glasses, and once you purchase, it's yours. Now it's up to you if you want to purchase the maintenance which is, I think, is 200 bucks a year that allows you to get additional software. But otherwise, you always get um, bugs and um, minor fixes as for free. Now, Celeste, uh, you guys heard of Celeste glasses? I've heard of the pizza. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I haven't heard of these glasses. I, I think I've, I, I've never used the glasses. I've, heard, I've read a little about them, but I don't know much about them. Well... Far as I know, understand, I don't know a whole lot about it. Too, I'm really anxious to figure out what is built into it. So, essentially, these are glasses that are fifty dollars a month that you essentially leash out. So, I don't think you ever own the glasses. Which some people were kind of didn't like that, and some people liked it because it was cheaper than Envision. But it does a lot. My understanding what the Envision had to offer. It's got this AI. It's got the color. It's got object recognition. It's got a lot of different things that you could find in Envision, but for a lot less price. Um, both are glasses. So this one in particular is glasses, and my understanding the camera is right at the bridge of your nose, and people really can't really notice it because it's. Um, inconspicuous which is great i like that the only problem with this is that you're tethered meaning that it's wired and it it is using your iphone 
It's kind of like the old Horizon glasses that we had with Ira in the early days, where that was tethered too, mm-hmm. and 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 was not that wasn't very popular amongst most of the blind community. So, you know, there are trade offs. There are definitely trade offs, and then of course we got the Ray Ban Meta, which I'm not a big fan. I I think those are only like 500 bucks, but those are the problem I have with those is that it's designed to work great with WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, of course, because by those people, and it's just a huge data mining collection at your eyes. So I'm not a big fan of that yet. Um, and I heard that is not open base either. It's just only open to what they want you to have. But nonetheless, it has definitely spurred discussions and smart glasses are really becoming a thing and i think only from this point on it's going to mature and hopefully the second generation of the apple vision pro will be even better and smaller um i doubt we'll ever see a cheaper version but i could be proven wrong i would love to see a smart glasses you know the only problem i have with the envision as well john and i'd like to get your input on this uses the google glasses which is no longer being made. And what Envision did is they bought enough inventory and supplies to last for years to come, which is great. But my issue with that is it's outdated. It's already, what, two, three years outdated in hardware. And so I have this worry. I don't want to buy something that's three years old and we're never going to get a new version of the glasses unless they got a new manufacturer. Yeah, I think at some point when they figure that they found the right fit, they'll eventually make a change and, and hopefully it'll be a, a path leading forward that won't be too expensive for those of us who already have the glasses. But, you know, for the moment, they're not doing as much with the hardware. It's all software-based, this right. So we're okay for the moment. But, you know, anytime you have some type of assistive device that is a potential situation that occurs whether we like it or not uh, in order to make progress uh, we end up paying more than any sighted person would for any technology that's for sure yep uh, but l- luckily with the, th- the glasses we have today with envision and celeste it's competition and usually competition drives people to come up with more interesting uh software and and updates and so forth so i you know let them go and then let's see what happens uh, and hopefully it won't drive the prices up to the point where we can't afford it or or maybe maybe some things will come along which will allow more people to take advantage of it because what what they give us is wonderful you know that's where i'm stuck and i don't know if mike is in the same shoes as i am it's like this got to be compelling enough for me to be able to do a lot when i say a lot let's say out of a day eight hours it's got to be doing a chunk of that to make it worth the price meaning that it's good so i'm thinking to myself what i do day to day that would help me with hands-free um right now i just can't think of any way to make this practical for me i don't know mike are you in the same boat like it's just i'm not sure what i would use it for Yes, I am in the same boat. That's why I've honestly never tried any of the smart glasses out there because I don't really have a need that can justify the price, I suppose. Like, I just can't imagine putting in enough work with it to make it worth spending that kind of cash. 
Like I, yeah, when I got like, mine, it was discounted, you know, yeah. down below what we are now. But yeah, it, it, and everybody's different. Every user is different. So, oh yeah, uh, but like you were saying too, I I'm all for it because the more ideas getting thrown out there, the more options, the more uh, better options, better price points. Hopefully, all those kinds of things. And maybe someday, if they're not so high priced and some kind of, or for me at least, like. Maybe even an unusual kind of feature, like, oh, I could actually use that for this whatever weird thing that I do. Maybe there will come a time when I feel very different about it. But for now, there's just not really any reason. I would encourage everybody listening, if you get a chance to go to CSUN, the conference, or any of the two, or actually more than two, because, I mean, we're talking outside the United States, there are other blindness conventions and seminars if you see uh, Envision or Celeste or whoever with a pair of glasses displaying them and, and showing them off at, at the shows, uh, go up and ask questions and wear them and try them out because that's how you'll really know yeah. what they can I do. I would enjoy that. That would be a blast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just at least what it's like. Now, yeah. one last question before I wrap this up and go on to the next topic here, John, for you. if Now that since you're retired and you're on fixed income, and you have to rebuy the, let's just say that Envision comes out with new glasses, maybe discounted, maybe it's two grand instead of three grand or whatever not. Would you purchase it? It really depends on what they're offering. Yeah. If they're, my guess is that there would be an upgrade path for, for users who already have purchased the glasses and it would be at a lower rate than, than somebody buying it new. Uh, from the very beginning so i would i'd have to think about it but i mean eventually i think i probably would find a way to do it okay because for me it it fits an important independence role in my life so that's what i was i probably would yeah that's what i was listening for is that yeah it'd be worth it because you know even at the discounted price it's going to be high still i mean for the basic model is 2700 i can't imagine them giving you a brand new set of hardware less than two grand I, I really don't. No, probably um, not. So, um, yeah. So that's one of the biggest news that came out. So that's what we came to learn about Apple Vision Pro. So hang on there and just hopefully you'll find more information about this as it comes out with people with loss of vision. All right. Next subject is the big one, guys. The iOS 17.4. Usually an update is not as big as this. It's always got some new features and such. But let's go ahead and just kind of introduce you to iOS 17.4 that's going to be coming very soon to you, near you. I think it's going to be released about the first week of March or just the early part of March of when this is supposed to drop. And some of the features in this is pretty interesting is the Apple Podcast got a new little boost that a lot of people kind of perked up when they heard this new feature, is that every podcast now on Apple Podcasts is now transcribed automatically. So, in other words, if you listen to Apple Viz Unleashed Podcast on the Apple Podcast app, you will soon have the ability to see the transcription. This reminds me a lot like the Apple Music lyrics. And how this works is that you tap on the lyric button on the music and then you see the lyric for the word. And so you can kind of read it in advance and you can see it. If you have any vision, it will highlight the word as they speak or sing that word. And that's the same thing with the Apple 
podcast transcription, you'll be able to see the word being highlighted as it's being spoken. You can tap anywhere within the transcription to start that podcast at that moment. So if there's a particular segment you're interested in and it doesn't have chapters, by golly, you can just go, you know, this sounds interesting. Tap on that and it'll play right at that spot. Wow. I love this, and I'm not sure if that's available in Spotify there, Mike. Spotify does do lyrics, uh, and it usually goes like line by line, but I have since, ooh, I'm not even sure when the which update it started happening. It, voiceover used to follow along, and now it seems to be a little more jumpy than it used to be, so it used to track along with each line of a song. But How about the podcast on Spotify? Does it do that? Uh, no. Okay. Not that I'm aware of. I actually, I've never intentionally gone and like dug in and right to see, but I've never noticed it before. This is kind of a big deal for people. A lot of people are turned away from podcasts because there are no transcription. And, um, thankfully there are a few people out there like Jonathan Mosen and such that do offer transcription of their podcast for people to read. Um, recently we kind of quietly introduced transcription to our podcast as well. So this will be our first unleashed show that will have transcription in the show note for you to use. But nonetheless, you can just open up your Apple podcast to your favorite podcast and get transcription. I think a lot of folks that are, um, deaf blind or even just deaf that are using braille readers and such, I think they are going to love this. What do you think of this, John? You think that's a pretty cool feature? Yes, absolutely. And I'm kind of surprised it's taken this long to arrive, but I'm glad that it has arrived. I think it's great. I think it's kind of fascinating that there is kind of a delay when it comes available. I notice it just, you know, it just depends on the load of Apple it has to deal with, but it does comes out eventually, maybe 20 minutes after it was released. So it's not a big deal. It's not like a couple of days or anything like that. But it should be available immediately as you open it up. Um, let's see here. You can do uh, find a search within description as well, just to let you know that is a feature. The other one I want to mention is the stolen device protection we talked about last month in 17.3. They made some tweak to that, which is welcome. Um, there's a tweak to that we can say always or away. Now, one of the 17.3 only gives you one option, and that is away. So if you want full protection, even at home, you're now able to turn that on and off. So let's talk about the big one here, why 17.4 is such a big deal. And we talked about this last month, and I said, I bet you we're going to see something in 17.4. And voila, man, did it not disappoint. Yes, we are now able to get more information about side loading coming to Apple iOS 17.4. Now, before everybody gets us all excited and, and um, started bouncing off the walls, this is just for the EU folks. So of those 27 countries, those are the only people that will be able to take advantage of this new feature. I will leave in the show note what countries those are. So if you're interested to see if you are one of those lucky countries that get to try it. Um, thankfully, one of our team members lives in Ireland, so he will be able to play with it once it comes out and kind of speak for on our behalf what he thinks of the experience. Meanwhile, my other guy, David Goodwin, the owner of AppleViz, he's in 
in UK or um, Britain, and they are not in the EU, so he will not be able to get that. Um, so let's talk about this, guys. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to try to break this down in pieces. I'm not going to go into heavy details in the details because it's very complicated and very confusing to understand. So, first of all, let's talk about this DMA, Digital Marketing Act. So, I, we've been talking about this for months and months. This is an act and a law in the EU that allows or to force people like Apple, Google, and many other companies to be able to allow us to perform and do things on our devices that we were not able to do before, such as finding an app outside of the Apple App Store. So right now, all the apps that we get is from the Apple App Store. With this new feature, it will allow these people out in the EU to purchase or to get apps outside of the Apple App Store. However, it's not a free-for-all, which I was kind of hoping to expect to see. Of course not. Apple had to make this complicated, and we'll oh, be getting into this with mess. the guys. It's it, such a mess. Isn't it a mess? I was reading this. I said, oh, my God, they did not. And I keep reading, reading articles after. It was just a mess after mess. It was terrible. Um, so what is going to happen is that it is sideloading is all going to be available for approved app store market. Meaning if you want to have your own app store market where you can put out apps and things, other than the apples you can do that however i don't understand this you are required to have 1 million euros in credit in line before you can have one of these third-party app store that apple will approve and allow you to get amps from a million euros in credit <laughs> which automatically right out the gate uh removes probably the vast majority of companies wanting to do this that's a big bunch of money and that doesn't even get into like once you start once you break a million downloads this is where it gets so complicated and and the more i read the more upsetting and frustrated i get and i think a lot of people in your eu are feeling the same way and we'll get you more into this thoughts in a moment so let's just say they, they do have this app store market that they can have open where there's limitations first of all every app that is in the app store has to be notarized oh boy so the mac has something like this already which means it kind of a certificate that apple puts out for mac apps that you can download that is safe so apple has kind of done a safety check look through this make sure there's no viruses there's no malware in it and the app is designed what it's for intended to do so it's just a very basic making sure that you're safe to use well we th we hope that it's safe but anyway you have to have this certification for each app to be in those app stores if that isn't confusing already you have to not only get this um notified or certified you then have to deal with the prices and this is where it gets so complicated the nice part is that if you stay in the apple app store and you release an app in the 
Apple App Store, it's discounted. And it's discounted quite a bit. I think it went dropped from 30 to 17%, but I'm not going to get into the details of that. But it's discounted. And so it's trying to keep you on to their App Store. Meanwhile, if you have your own App Store and you purchase or you charge for an app, it's still going to cost them. There is an Apple tax that they are still going to pay. It's not as steep as the original, but there's still a tax and people just lost their marbles because the whole point was, I thought, was to get around this taxation, but you have to follow these complicated, strict rules. How am I? And what makes this worse If you have an app that ever goes over a million downloads, so if this app went viral or is a freeware, whatever not, once it exceeds the million mark, it's going to cost that developer 50 cents for every download that person or people make. So this is a particular freeware that this developer has done, and this freeware is going to cost him $49,000 a month if he wants to do this. I was like, this is not good. It's really not. I saw a breakdown that at the end of it got to the point where it said, if you make $10 million off of your app, you will actually get to take home like $2.2 million. Which is way worse than what already so did this because it was 30% before, you might as well just take the 30% cut. Yeah, I, which I think is absolutely intentional. They very much oh. like they follow the letter of the law and found every possible way to kind of screw people over that they possibly can. What is this called? Um, stockholders do this. I know Disney has something called the poison pill. Is that if somebody were ever tried to buy out Disney stock, they have this plan they roll out and it's considered as a poison pill, meaning it's going to be so painful to purchase Disney that it isn't worth it by the end you get to it because it costs you so much money because of the person, the poison pill. So Apple done the same thing here. We, they just made a poison pill that, yeah, if you want to take this, well, here's your sign. I take it and go on your own. And it's like, this is not what I expected. A lot of people didn't expect this. And on March 7th, this is the day that they have to have this available. So this 17.4 has to be released by the 7th of March to implement this. But my reading is that that the EU is already balking at this. And they're going to, when that day comes out, they're going to reevaluate this. And I guarantee that there are going to be further changes to it. And I think Apple knows this. And so I just think it's kind of lame. They just kind of did the barest minimum that they had to do to make this work instead of just doing it for a very long fight right uh it just makes me sick guys i i don't know what are you what are your thoughts on this john about this whole debacle i i literally agree with everything you said they're stalling because and and they're not going to implement anything until they absolutely have to and so to avoid having to implement anything i mean they're they'll they probably have a couple of other uh things that they can do mm-hmm. uh, in the meantime to kind of stall some more for as long as they can um so it's you know it's kind of like a it's like a uh a soap opera you know who's going to come up with the next 
<laughs> yeah. Thing. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I, and in the meantime, the people in the, in the union are the people that are suffering because they can't really do anything, uh, in order to use the app store. Right. I mean, there, there is no benefit for them to use the external app store at this point. Um, I know there'll be a few that probably will try this out. Maybe some apps that don't do as high. Um, that's the benefit is that if you are a small pop, yeah, it's going to be beneficial to you. But I think what's going to I think what's going to have to happen is that EU needs to do a lot more than just a slap. I think they're just going to have to do a overwhelming fine saying a billion dollars something that's going to be worthy to make apple move its butts because that's the only way they're going to do it and i know eu is going to crack down pretty hard on this and i know i think they will find apple uh, of barely doing anything about it and so i think this is going to be a long drag drag out fight like you guys say but you know what now let's check this out if that isn't all bad and whatever not there's a fight between Apple and the EU determined OS. Obviously, EU says you're Apple OS entirely. Apple has a different thought, and this only applies to the iOS for the phones. So in other words, your iPads, Mac, Apple TV will not have its own app store market because Apple doesn't think that is what um, the EU DMA is cracking down on they think it's the ios on the iphone where i know the eu saying no that's not that's not right so that'll be interesting so ipad users are stuck um so it's like i don't get it um it's just um very disheartening to talk about how much i love about apple and they they pull this stunt it just makes me very very upset very frustrated um so keep in touch with apple viz and we'll try to keep you updated i know that's going to change some good news is that they did open up the tap to pay which is they had no problem with for some reason so i think that should always been a thing we talked about that last month though that it was for sure they did open up the tap to pay for anybody and everyone um the only people that did balk were that bought the web kit like chrome and mozilla were kind of crying foul because they feel like they still have to make two or three different versions of the same browser because you still got people in the world that are using the standard iOS app, which uses the Safari WebKit. And then we got the app market where they could use their own engine, but they're saying it's not worth it. It's not worth um, investing in researching and creating that if only a very minor handful of people can use it so i kind of felt bad so so much for that and the eu said you can keep your eye messages closed so that was kind of a big deal there because they felt like that was not in antitrust or monopolist um i was kind of surprised because there was for a while there i thought there was going to be some um writing on the walls the eye message will have to be rewrite or un will have to be open but that's not going to be the case so it can stay as is so you got your blue and green bubbles it still exist <laughs> yeah i think all of us were kind of hoping for well it goes without saying really much much more than what they've actually done here 
cool. Now, if you're in the EU and you open Safari on your phone, it'll ask you which default browser you want. But you do it on the iPad, no. No. It's just, it's weird. The whole implementation of all of it is so much more confusing now. It's like a, it's like a kid with a temper tantrum. It's like <laughs> yeah, my really two-year-old is. toddler yeah. throwing a fit on the, in, in the hallway. Um, that a good, um, analogy <laughs> i think it is and I, I gotta be honest i'm just glad when you started this you said great big huge news in this new update coming out i'm just glad you didn't mention the new brown mushroom emoji that might <laughs> yes there were quite a few emoji that came out i decided ah we pretty much beat that to death and nobody's really i know i'm always much. bringing it up I'm like oh here we go it's the second thing on the list how is this happening are you john are you an emoji user no not usually oh. i just i've never got into it i mean i i read them all the time for people who do use them but i i was never a, a huge emoji fan i just send random ones to my kids it has nothing to do with right. all of the words i just typed i'll just open it and just scroll 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 and pick a random one and send it i just you, you, what, you, what you ought to do what you ought to do is come up with a new one and don't tell them what it is just make some letters out you know, you hey, Dad, what's this? Oh, that means. So, and see if they start using it among their friends. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually intentionally try to do that. I'll just send them some emojis <laughs> of things from like, like, oh, like a trackball, but something like they're gonna have yep. no clue what it actually is, just to see how. Hey, <laughs> yeah, take take a look at my ten digit emoji. <laughs> that means Daddy loves you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Your own personal message. That's nice. No, I have. Yeah, since they're changing the meaning of them in my own family. There you go. Just change it. I have a few that I use just for my family. A lot of smiley, winky face, heart. That's about it. Nothing more. No. Yeah. What was that mushroom you said? Brown mushroom. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a brown mushroom. That's one of the new ones. Oh, so we do. Do we have color mushrooms now? So I have no idea. That's Why that's what I wondered. Are there other colors? I'm not even sure. Hey, man, what color is your shroom, man? Um, a little, like, color ticker will pop up, and you can move left and right to figure out what color mushroom you want. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, as with every spring coming here in the Northern Hemisphere, we also have a possible apple keynote event now that's not always guarantee we always seem to have guarantee of two events and that is a wwdc in june and then we have the fall event when they release the fall sometimes every so often in the blue moons the apples just will decide if something's important enough to have a keynote um, it just varies but this year's keynote is probably going to be all press releases. If not, you could probably expect some new iPads and Macs. Um, what's interesting about this is the iPad Air is expected to come out. And what I noticed about the iPad Air is that this will be the first time ever that the iPad Air will come out with two sizes. So two different models for the iPad Air. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. So there'll be a 10.9 inch and a 12.9. Boy, that's a big size, 13 inches. That's a big iPad, guys. That is a big iPad. Right? Um, for those that 
are absolute iPad fans, I hope this will please you because iPad has been missing and there hasn't been any update. I don't think there were any iPad release last year at all. So it's been a couple of years. I'm not a huge iPad fan. I used to own one and I just thought I would use it a lot and just turns out I just don't use it enough. But you, John, do you have you ever had an iPad? No, the only iDevice I've ever had is a iPhone. And I may eventually get a a watch. We'll see. But right for right now it's it's the phone, which is fine for me. And Mike I have kind of done the same thing that you were talking about. Yeah. I, I think twice I've got one over the last like 10 years or so. And I get it and I'll mess around with it for a little bit. And then I end up setting it down and just never picking it up again. I just gave it to my wife. iPad is, would just end up being a dinner tray for me. Right. I mean, it so just ended up going. being an entertainment pad for movies and TV shows. Yeah. That's what it was. Yep. All my kids will see it and be like, oh, can I play my games on that? And I'm like, sure, I'm not using it. I don't care. Now, I will say my mom and my mother-in-law both have iPads, and that's they only use that. They do have iPhones. They prefer the iPads way over the iPhone. I think it might be again because it's a bigger real estate, and they're able to see better. Um, yep. But And that's one of the things I genuinely dislike about it. I'm like, this button's way over here. I hate this. Where's my phone? It's so much easier. Oh, my God. It's doing performing gestures on this huge screen. It can <laughs> be like difficult. It. I don't like it. Not with that, but to trying to teach people that there's multi-panes. Uh, yeah. That can be confusing and whatever not. But as always, there might be a new addition, a new generation of the Magic Keyboard and Apple Pencil. MacBook Air, folks, will be waiting for this as there were two different models for this the 13 and 15 inch model for the macbook air with the m3 is supposed to make its appearance so if you want to, to kind of wait a while to make it and pay a little less for purchasing a macbook yeah, you would definitely want to look at the macbook air macbook air are pretty nice machine i used to own one and this probably was the best computer i have ever owned in terms of stability performance and whatever not so it's not measly by any means it's a powerhouse and gosh with the m3 in it that's pretty nice and man is it thin 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 i don't think it even has a cooling fan in it it's like wow i would love that that is pretty nice even my macbook pro i've never it's silent i've never had any noise from that machine right it's just right. can't tell if it's on or not that's <laughs> I was like, yeah, I have that issue more often than not. Weird, the what? There's one thing about it that I don't like, is if I have the headphones plugged into it and it's t- turned off. When I turn it on, the audio doesn't come out the headphones. I have to unplug them, plug them back in. It's a minor thing, but like that's a weird. It's never done that before. Huh. Not sure why, but yeah, that is weird. You would think it would detect that, but it doesn't, huh? Nope. Huh. You have to attach them afterward. Hmm. Have you ever owned a Mac ever, John? No, never have. Uh, mainly because I all my work had, all my uh, work was done on a Windows computer, and so to stay consistent, I did the same thing here at home. So I never played with a Mac, and I don't have anything against it. I just have never had one. Right? No, I get it. Uh, I think that hopefully we will also also see a new Mac Mini being updated to M3 
for the price it has. So that is what you can expect for the events that's coming up. Now, as always, a tradition as a new color for the iPhone usually comes out. I know, <laughs> I know Mike and I talked about this in the past. So last year's color they really revealed was yellow. Alpine green was the year before that, and purple was the year before that. So it'll be interesting to see what color that they come out. I just think it's kind of funny. It's like, does this really make that big of a boost in revenue because you come off these colors? My guess is beige, something like it. It's it's remained to be seen, and it's not always a pro color either. So um, I just, I don't know. I just think it's kind of silly I kind agree. of thing. It is weird. I'm only guessing beige because a store opened up recently nearby here that all they sell is beige and like <laughs> white clothes. <laughs> so I don't know if there's some kind of fashion thing happening and the world's going beige, <laughs> but... <laughs> well, it's That's like vehicles. I didn't realize uh, vehicles are mostly white and black now. It's like, yep. Are you serious? I was asking my wife. I said, Yeah. She said she would think about half of the cars on the roads are all white and black. I was like, Whoa. I remember it used to be all these rainbow colors, and those are starting to be kind of a gone thing. Um, SE users, this is for you. I know there are SE users that absolutely love their iPhone SE, and rightfully so. It's a perfect price point, and you get the power of an iPhone like one of these newer generations. Well, there's great news for you guys, and it's been talked about they were going to cancel it, dump it, and they weren't quite sure what they're going to do with it. You know, that could still be remain to be seen, but there are prototypes that are starting to surface. surface of the new SC4. And so we are not expecting these until early of 2025, of course, but it is something for you to wait for and something to get start to save your pennies for. Um because the SC3 came out, guys, when did that come out? Let's see, 2022. So it's been going to be 3 years by the time it comes out. And so it's got a little different. Now, the only downside, and I keep talking about this, and a lot of people keep saying this over and over and over, you're going to lose your Touch ID. And I know a lot of people go with the SC because of that Touch ID, and I don't think that's going to be there because they're still taking the structure of these new uh, designs of the newer iPhones um, since we had the 10 and up where we had the Face ID. So it's going to take over probably the chassis of the iPhone 14, and that's what you're pretty much going to get. The camera, the power, and the face ID. That is what you or they are talking about what it's going to be like. So start saving your pennies. Um, I looked at these SCs before, and there's really nothing wrong with them. They're, they're great phones, guys. It, it just reminds me of nostalgia that I forget about the Touch ID. And I go, oh, wow, that's so neat. I wish we had that again. Um what are you guys' thoughts on the SC itself? I think it's a great phone. I mean, if I, I always usually, like right now, I've got a 15, which is every other year, generally, I grab the new one. I haven't had a Pro since the 12 came out, but I tell you what, if I could get, uh, let's say, an iPhone 16 with a Touch ID, I would do that in a heartbeat. Mm. I do miss that. Right. But I think the writing's on the wall at this point. Right. There was a hope that we would get the Touch ID on the side button. That would be so perfect with your face ID. Um, 
Do you miss a touch ID, John? I'm curious if you would like to have that back. I, I really don't miss it at all. I'm so used to the face ID now, I don't even think about it. Um, in fact, I'd have to go back and remember or read about how to engage the touch ID. It's been so long since since I've used it, three or four years at least. So, One of the benefits of this, guys, and to think about, and people remind me about this, is that the bonus part about the touch ID is that you're able to leave in your pocket, put your finger in there, and it locks it, and then it activates on your headphones so you can start um, implementing things. And so you can't do that with the face ID. You have to get the whole unit out, unlock it, and then put it back on your pocket. And so they make some points. There are some benefits to it, and I can see why some people will be very sad to see this go, but nonetheless. Um, speaking of WWDC coming up, there are a lot of discussions about iOS 18 is coming up that, that are drumming up. And I, I will say, it's been many, many moons since I've been at this excited, and I can't wait, and I hope, I hope that they do not disappoint me. I'm sure I'm putting my expectation too high, and I shouldn't. But nonetheless, there are many resources and sources coming out to talking about the iOS 18 itself, what you can expect, and it is heavily going to be AI. So AI is coming for you guys. It is coming. It still discuss a new Siri 2.0 along with a spotlight being heavily AI influence. Um, I've seen and read an article where the internal sources are been using ChatGPT to train these new AI. So it gives me an idea. It's going to be similar. Now, how in depth and how powerful it's going to be, that is to be seen. However, what the big thing about it is that most, if not um, all, the native apps that are built in. So in other words, like messages, health, numbers, pages, shortcuts, and many other apps, including music, I've heard, that will have built-in AI inside of those. Now, what they will do and how it's going to work is to to be remain to seen. I don't know. I'm very excited about this. Does this kind of perks your interest at all, guys? AI. AI is now a part of our lives. Everything we take a look at these days has AI in it. All of the new assistive technology, it seems, is moving toward AI. So I I think uh, Apple's doing what everybody else is doing, and then they have to. They can't wait. I mean, if you've used Siri lately, you know she definitely needs a 2.0, maybe even a 3.0. Yeah, that's true. Alexa's the same way. I mean, my gosh. Um, they whatever and if ai can help them all the better yeah i find myself after using chat gpt as much as i have um, more often than ever before telling my echo device answer like why are you so dumb i asked you a really simple question <laughs> you can't even figure that out and i would love this kind of update right so i hope our expectation is met because apple needs to hit this out of the park they have to um, now, granted, this is going to be the first generation, of course, and it's going to be limited because they only had a short-term uh, period to make this exist and get it in the OS itself. Now, what's compelling about this, guys, and what's going to make a big difference between this and other competitors is this. 
is that I've been reading that this is all going to be on board, meaning you do not have to have internet access. Somehow they were able to make a breakthrough of putting these large models in the iPhone and let a process on the phone. That way the privacy stays on the phone, which has me a little bit leery and worried. What does that mean for the new iPhone 16 that's going to be coming out? Will it have its own exclusive um, AI features? I think it will, hands down. I yeah, this is a money thing. It's a um, there's been talk that the neural engine is going to be improved. So I think there are going to be some features we will be able to use and some features we will not be able to use unless you got the new device. The good news is I just read today that from a reliable source that iOS 18 will stay intact to all phones that can run iOS 17 now will be able to get the new iOS 18. So that's always great news to hear. Um, so I'm excited for that. If I hear any more about it, I'll just kind of pipe it in here and we'll talk about it further. But I'm excited. Um, as John say, everybody's getting into it. And as I mentioned last year, I think Apple was caught with her pants down on this and they really had to push really fast. So I think we're only going to see kind of a beginning generation. So it's not going to be a full fledged like I want it, but we'll see. For those Windows users, I just want to do a quick note here for you. Apple is starting to break up the iTunes app into pieces. The two new apps that they now include is Apple Podcasts and Apple Music. Now, I tried the Apple Podcasts a little bit. It is, for the most part, accessible, which I was shocked to see. However, I think some of the keys that user is not it's kind of clunky. There are some issues with it, but I would say it's probably 90-ish, probably the low 90% accessible. Um, I was able to listen to my Apple Music on the Windows system, and it was a pretty good experience. Haven't tried the Apple TV app. I think the iCloud is slowly getting better as well. There's some accessibility issue with that as well have you played with any of these new apps on the microsoft there mr john no and i've meant to do that um i i because i am on the the private jaws beta team and i'd like to be able to give my input so that if any any third party type scripts have to be written then somebody can take a look at those but i i've heard there are that they are improved but i just haven't had a chance to play with them myself i don't know what i'm not an nvda user so i but i would imagine that if jaws works well with it nvda probably does because it's the same basic windows interface mm-hmm. but i've never i don't know i have not tested it i played with apple music it made no difference between jaws nvda and narrator it all seemed to handle mm-hmm. it the same way so and it should and it was, it definitely has an improvement because we know iTunes before it was a complete mess. It oh, is yeah. getting better. I will say it is improving, but it's still clunky as heck. Um, but nonetheless, check that out. I'll leave it in the show note where you can read about it and what you can expect with, to do with the old iTunes itself. Now, what's going on in Apple Viz? Now, this is where John and I are going to talk about the new Apple Sport app. So Apple just, what, about a week ago, just released yeah. the Sport app. And this allows you to see your favorite teams or your leagues that you like to catch up with. Now, my first initial 
thought on this. It is very simplicity. It's very simple. There is not much to it. This is not an app to look for news or players um, status as in injuries or anything like that. There are no notifications or updates, which is kind of a bummer, but it is very simple. Um, I think the interface is a little bit clunky myself. Yeah. But it, we're still talking about 1.0. So, I mean, it has a lot of a lot of growth that can be put into it. Uh, I know they don't have MLB in there yet. I mean, they've got, they've got the, the uh, button. Yeah. But not much happens when you go into it, and you, despite the fact that it's spring training. So, I think eventually, we're going within updates in the future, we'll see it grow and it hopefully will get uh, good. But, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of sports apps out there. Right. So I don't know. I don't know why they felt the need to come up with an Apple Sports app to compete with everybody else, but but they did, and so we'll see what they have in mind down the line. Well, I can tell you why they did this. So it intertwined with this live activities of the real score time that you get in Apple TV and Apple News. Um, now that you got MLB and MLS in Apple TV, they are trying to intertwine. And I notice if that game is available on Apple TV, you can just tap on it and it opens up that game so you can watch the game itself. So I know they're trying to intertwine it. Now, there's some pretty cool stuff to it. It's so basic that I can just simply open it up and I can see my team. I can swipe down, see what their sta- um, standings is. And I can swipe down again, see what their betting line is. And if the game is complete you can actually go into the box score and see what each of the players did for the game, how it was scored and what their current average and things like that. Yeah, it's weird that I also signed up for the MLB as my league, and yet none of the spring training is on there. I was like, this is odd. There's no NFL. Um, It's very limited in terms of leagues. Now, I think it's available for the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom. And the weird part about the United Kingdom, it doesn't have all their football leagues in there. I was kind of disappointed because I follow some that are other than the Premier League that they have over there. And plus, cricket is a huge thing over in the UK, and cricket's not even on there. It's actually, I think cricket's probably one of the biggest games out there besides soccer. So I was lots to work on. We're kind of in between seasons. MLB hasn't quite started yet. NFL won't start till August or September. So I think when the when the months move toward the start of those seasons, then we'll begin to see some updates and and more content. Um, I have not played with NBA very much yet on this app, but I should go in there and look around. And it's I think in the App Store it's called Apple Sports, but when you go look at it on your phone, it just says Sports. Yeah. Why they did that, I don't know, because it could have been that a lot of other sports apps have similar names. So right. to like differentiate, they should have kept Apple as a part of the name. I don't know why they didn't. Yeah. I the only thing I was really disappointed in, there's no notification. I mean right. that's that's kind of a big deal for me. I yeah. when the baseball ends or game starts, I, I wanna know and I wanna know what the score was mm-hmm. instead of having But that could be coming. Who that knows? could be coming down the line. We hope that it just seems like it was a rush job, and it was definitely, I don't even call this a 1.0. It's almost like it's in beta form. That's what I feel like it's mm. in. Um, mm-hmm. So it's got rough edges. So hopefully um, 
in the future they'll expand on this but they did tout the simplicity so maybe they don't want to be the hub of everything in it because then becomes bloated god forbid shall apple be known as bloatware um (laughs) (laughs) you're kind of like antivirus we have yeah yeah um so that brings a closing up guys and mike guess what i did watch the movie um leave the world behind what you think oh wow you know um here's the deal i'll give it a three out of five however the story plot was fantastic it was so eerie and kept you on the edge of the seat yep. it's like oh my god and i love the realism of this if you really put your mind to it what is really occurring in the movie could happen easily so i love yeah it. i i completely agree with you like it could be tomorrow like it's a very i guess relevant feeling movie yeah i just thought um I'll be honest, the, I thought the story was beautiful. Four out of five. I love the story. I thought the acting was a little bit weird for my liking, but yeah. maybe that was intentional. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. But for a movie, I, I, I'm glad you uh, recommended it, so I watched that. Great it's movie. I'm I will say, now that you've seen it, yeah. I didn't love the ending. It felt like there could have been, it feels like it almost feels like it should have been a TV show right it feels like there was so much more there was so much more and i was kind of disappointed with the yeah, it was so many questions <laughs> it was a cliffhanger um there is a show that i've been watching i absolutely love it's called the master of air um so yeah is it good it is fantastic i've heard that it's really good <sighs> it is really good uh the producers are steven spielberg and tom hanks and it's based on a world war ii um, of the fellows that are flying the bombers and what the what it was like and it's just so gut-wrenching and just makes you oh i don't know it's just it's just like it's how horrible these people had to go through through these war but that's my pick of the month okay i'm gonna put that one on the list we've got a free trial to apple right now so we're there you go we just finished the morning show and things like that. But um, I my pick this time around is actually not a movie. It's a miniseries that uh, only recently, at least to my knowledge, got descriptive audio that was at least uh, possible to find. It's a miniseries called Sharp Objects. And there is a novel. Uh, let's see. Jillian Flynn is who wrote the novel. Um but uh, we've looked for descriptive audio for this a few times and I never had it until recently. And it's available on HBO. It's eight or 10 episodes long. And if you like psychological thrillers, then I would highly recommend it. That sounds really fascinating. I, hmm. Did you watch the whole thing then? Yep. Okay. And all, all I'll say about it, it's about a reporter who goes back to her hometown in... Gosh, I'm in Missouri, I think. Oh, because God. There's been a couple of young girls that have been murdered, and she goes down there to report on it, and things get crazy. Isn't that funny? You get that in Missouri. That's where I live, folks. <clears throat> and they always seem to have shows here in Missouri. It's either horror or a drug pen. Uh, yeah. Breaking. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How many seasons were there? Just one. Oh, okay. Is it the yep. end of that, or is it going to be continued? No, it's just the one. Okay. You know, it came out in July of 2018. 
Okay. So it's an older show, but the descriptive audio is new. Okay. Well, thank you for that. That's very helpful. Anything you want to share, Mr. John? No, I don't think so. Nothing nothing that stands out at the moment. No. Uh, I'll, I'll be at CSUN for a day before I go to another convention, so I hope to have a chance to move around. I wish Apple were going to be there, but they're not there in terms of a booth presence, but sometimes they, sh- they have one or two people show up, so we'll see what happens. That's exciting. You get to go to the different convention. Oh, man. That would be kind of fun, although... If there's any convention I want to go to is D23, of course. And for those that don't know what D23, that is exclusive for Disney um, hardcore people. Um, they have convention once a year that they always go to in kind of a groupies. But they make major announcements, and I think they're going to be some big, big, big announcement this year. So I, I want to go, but it's not cheap. It's like... What is it like? Twelve hundred bucks for a weekend? It's like, yeah, it can be very expensive. <laughs> and it's out there in Anaheim this year too. So, yeah, it's probably. I think it's September. Do you get discount for that? No. Oh, doggone. No. Okay. <laughs> Dang it. Darn it! Right, Mike and I will be there. I get Mike his own ear. Yeah, Mike. Oh yeah. Yeah, I call. Him, <laughs> I always call all my friends that are into Disney. So I'm Mickey Tom. So Mike could be Mickey Mike, and you can be Mickey John. So all the girls are either like Minnie Angela and Minnie Mary, and all those different names. So I just that's that's our masketeer names. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you so much for coming on for an Applevis Unleashed for February 2024, and we can't wait until the end of March so we can talk about the March keynotes and any additional rumors and latest information we will be able to pass along to you for me i am thomas donville also known as anonymous along with mike malarcy and john gassman I want to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast and we'll see you next month bye guys please feel free to contact the applevis unleashed team with a feedback tips or questions at unleashed at applevis.com This AppleVis podcast has been brought to you by the community of AppleVis.com for the latest in resources and tips and tricks to get you the best experience from your Apple device. Visit www.applevis.com.